Hey, it's Sheila Ray Gregoire from the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum blog, welcoming you to our To Love, Honor, and Vacuum podcast. And on the last Thursday of every month, we like to aim our podcast more at the guys. Doesn't mean women can't listen, but hey, guys need some time too. And so this is our Start Your Engines edition of our podcast. Now, normally on the Start Your Engines podcast, we talk about sex. We talk about libido. We've had uh, podcasts helping men understand women's periods, understand why she isn't that adventurous in bed, all kinds of stuff like that. And you can look in some of the archives for that. But today, what I want to share with guys is the number one reason why women say they have no libido. And this actually doesn't have much to do with sex, but believe me, it impacts the bedroom. And that reason is something called mental load. Okay, it's, it's, we often use the terms emotional labor too. It kind of means similar, but not quite the same things. But the truth is that when a woman has a ton of details going on in her head, and she has a ton of little tiny decisions she has to make on an everyday basis, and she feels like she has to hold all of these things inside her head because nobody else is looking after them, she just feels always on and chronically exhausted. And it's one of the things that leads to chronic stress. So let me explain what mental load is. Most women bear the vast majority of mental load for the household. Whether they're working outside the home or not, most women carry most of the mental load. And what that means is that they remember that Johnny's science project is due on Wednesday. And they remember that their husband's mom's birthday is coming up in 10 days and they have to get a card. And they remember that the church potluck is on Sunday. And so we need to bring some sort of food to make. And they remember that tomorrow for dinner, I don't have any meat out. And so I need to go get some out of the freezer right now. And they remember that Melanie is learning to potty train. And so um, she's not very good at it yet. And so we need to make sure that there's all was two sets of pants in the car at all times in case she has an accident. And they just have to remember all of these things all of the time. And it may not seem like a big deal, but when you're the one who's carrying it all and when you feel like other people don't notice and other people aren't thinking about these things, it just weighs on you. And I'll tell you, when I started this series, I was only planning on writing four posts and it ended up being almost every post this month because women kept saying, oh my goodness, this is the word that explains what's going on in my brain. Thank you for finally giving words to what I've been trying to explain to my husband for years, which is that guys, we love you and we know so many of you work so hard outside of the home and so many of you have stressful jobs. But I think what's often forgotten is that running an entire household, keeping track of everybody's homework and everybody's doctor's appointments and everyone's dentist appointments and everybody in the extended family, all their birthdays and anniversaries and all the church functions and all the volunteer stuff and all the extracurricular activities. And remembering that Johnny borrowed little Nate's um, soccer cleats last week. And so at soccer, we have to remember to clean them and get them back to him. And just remembering all of that all of the time is tiring. It's chronically tiring. And this is the number one thing that causes women to lose libido. So over the course of this month, I've been talking about a lot of solutions to this. And the solution is not, by the way, for men to have to do 50% of the housework. So you'll be happy to know that. If she works outside the home and you work outside the home, that should be the solution, by the way. <laughs> but you know, if she, if she is primarily at home, then it's not reasonable for him to have to do 50% of the housework. But here's what guys need to understand. What is really tiring for women is not the housework itself. 
It's being the one who has to remember to do it and being the one who has to remember to do all of the other things too. Because if you don't notice it, it doesn't get done. And so she's the one who has to train herself to notice absolutely everything. And he can be at home and he can sit on the couch and he can just zone out. And he has the luxury of not having to be on all the time, not having to notice what needs to be done because he knows she is going to notice it. And then if something has to be done, she will tell him. But it's that having to notice and having to tell that is the most tiring. That's the definition of mental load. And a lot of guys, you actually bear this at work. When you go to work, you bear the mental load at work. You're keeping track of all the little things that need to be done. And you're following up to see if other people are doing their share and you're being proactive. But then you come home and often that that stops. Not every guy, absolutely not. But for a lot of guys, it stops. And that means that she needs to be the one to notice everything. And that's why at night she has such a hard time relaxing. And when women can't relax, it's really, really hard to want to make love. And so this this month we've been talking about how to share mental load. We've been talking about why asking her to simply make him a list so that he can do it isn't really what women want <laughs> and, and why that doesn't work. Keith had a great post on that yesterday on the blog and you can chime in at tolovehonorandvacuum.com, read the post, see the comments, participate in the comments and be part of that community. There's always a lot more there and there are links in the podcast description um, and podcast post that goes along with this for all of those things. But yeah, women don't want to have to make a list. What we want is for husbands who are really engaged. Doesn't even have to be 50%, but just who notice what needs to be done in the certain areas of the household that they have owned. So when guys just own an area of the household and they take it off of her plate, she doesn't have to notice it. She doesn't have to be vigilant about it. She can just put it aside. It gives her mental space. And when she has mental space, her libido is going to go up. So today in the podcast, I'm actually going to turn it over to Connor and Keith, who are going to talk about lists and mental load with guys. And then I'm going to t- turn it over to Connor and Becca, who are going to talk about different ways to use lists well so that it doesn't exhaust her. And hopefully those will give you some solutions and some ideas and some understanding of what she's going through. So I will turn it over now. Okay, it's me and Connor now. Hello, hello. Just us guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so just going to talk a little bit more about the concept of mental load and, and what it means and, uh, you know, just help people understand that. Yeah, because it, because it is a very important concept that is really going to be a part of all of your life. Yeah, and the big thing we want to talk about today is, you know, one of the things, Sheila's getting a lot of pushback, you know, uh, on this. And the, one of the things that she keeps, uh, that a lot of people are saying is, just make a list. Mm-hmm. Just give the guy a list and he'll do it. And that's like... That, that'll fix the problem, and why yeah. can't we just do that, right? And, and that was kind of my solution to things uh, earlier on in our marriage when Rebecca would want things to be done and would be frustrated that they're not getting done. I would just say, honestly, you can just tell me. Don't feel guilty about needing to come to me and say, Connor, can you do the dishes? If you want them done, just let me know. And I was completely missing the point. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. Is that The, the, the whole point is mental load. It's being the person who's having to keep track of all this stuff. So if, if, they're, if they're the person who's having to keep an eye on everything all the time, that in itself is stressful. Yeah. And that's the point that we're trying to make. So saying, it's like saying, I don't feel like I'm being heard. Well, and so the person responds by saying, well, be heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not actually doing anything different. They're just saying, yeah. let's keep doing things the way we've always done it before. Um, but 
and then we'll just say that it's better now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I find it hilarious because Sheila gets a lot of pushback from different people. And one of the things she consistently gets is the whole concept of um, this idea that, that uh, she doesn't understand that men need to be the leaders. Mm-hmm. Men need to be the leaders in the household. And that's she doesn't get that concept. Which I find funny and a little paradoxical. Yeah. Because <laughs> the reason that I, I would never want to be the list boy because... Then, like, I'm just being ordered around all the time. <laughs> I want to have a good equal relationship with my wife. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at the dynamics of how the home is typically managed with all the thoughts and decisions that need to go into taking care of the kids and keeping the home uh, safe and clean and everything, honestly, it really does seem very often like the woman is the leader. Yeah, absolutely. In that sense. Yeah. You know, sure, the man might be going out and getting money. And in some relationships, the man decides he wants to be the one who has the authority on big decisions. But it's usually the wife who is actually taking care of things. Yeah, and, and I think that what Sheila's posts have, they seem to have really resonated with the women out there in, in the blog. And I think it's because a lot of women are feeling that and they're feeling exhausted. I mean, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I, I have a job where it's a lot of mental work. Like, I don't use my yeah. hands very much. I don't physically build things. I don't... You know, but but it's not that my job isn't stressful. It doesn't take work. I mean, mm-hmm. using your brain all the time takes work. So when you're the one who's having to plan everything and keep track of everything, you know that that's work. Yeah, yeah. And for me, uh, I used to be working in the accounting department uh, at a big car dealership, and you know, my job had a lot of things going on all at the same time. I had a lot of loose ends that I'd always be trying to keep in the back of my mind and to tie up, and. That was probably the most stressful and the most exhausting part of what I had to do at work was to multitask and to keep all these things in my head at the same time and make sure that I knew when this needed to be done and I was aware of this deadline coming up. And then 3.30 hits and I clock out and I go home and it's off my mind. I'm out. And when you are the person who needs to do that for the home, when you need to keep all those things in your head and you're trying to manage everything all at the same time at home, you don't clock out. (laughs) Yeah, that's stressful. You have to live in that. You have to go to bed with those lists running through your mind because you don't get to clock out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll be honest that, you know, in our relationship, there's been times where I've just been the list guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, what what happened? I'll, I th- if I think back, what happened in our relationship is when we got married. I was, I went through medical school and then through residency, you know. And I was so I was like working eighty, ninety hours a week, like literally, mm-hmm. you know. And and then when I got home, I was studying, right? Because because yeah. you work like crazy for for those eight years, and then at the end of it, you've got this massive exam you've got to pass if you want to, you know, yeah. have a license. So, you know, I did a lot of work and I did a lot of, uh, I was at work a lot and then I would study when I was at home. And to be honest, you know, the first few years of our relationship, I didn't do any housework. I mean, Sheila was in charge of every aspect of housework from the mental load to making sure that every little aspect of it got done. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, both of us at that point, you know, we had small kids and we just sort of felt that at that time in our life, given what we were each going through, that the time that I did have, we wanted to use that on being engaged with the kids, mm-hmm. not on me doing, you know, housework. We just felt that was the most important thing to do. 
Um, and so that, that went on for a while. And then when what happened was once I got into practice, things settled down and I wasn't working at that kind of level anymore, then I wanted to start pitching in and doing my, my share. But now she'll have been doing it for years, right? Yeah. And so, you know, like she was, she had all her little systems and she had all her ways of doing things and stuff. And so, you know, basically it was so easy for me to just go, okay, well, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And then get the list. And so she did all these lists and stuff all the time. And, and that's kind of what we did. And the problem was that, you know, like th- that there's so many problems with that. I, I don't know. Like, and, and so we eventually worked toward more of this kind of system that she's talking about in the blog this week, which is like, I have my things that I'm in charge of. She has her things that she's in charge of. Uh, and we just found it much you know, less stressful. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's very clear. It's very laid out who is doing what, who is responsible for what. And I don't know about any of our listeners, but one thing that I actually really hated uh, when I was working at the accounting department, even just any job that I do, is when I am asked to take a task that I do and that I have all my systems for and I have my particular (laughs) way of doing, I'm told, can you teach this other person how to do this? Because we're going to take that off of your plate and put that on theirs now. But you're still going to kind of be responsible for making sure it happens. And I need to try to teach this other person. It is also exhausting to have to tell the person to do it. Make sure it's getting done. Make sure that they have the instructions and all the things that they need in order to get it done correctly. And then feel like you need to look over their shoulder to make sure that they're actually getting it done right. If you can't just hand off the task completely, but you're still responsible for making sure this other person is doing something that used to be on your plate, it's stressful. And that I think is often how it can feel in the home for the wives when you say, oh, just, just tell me what to do. Just... Uh, you know, you want me to do the laundry? Great. How do I do the laundry? <laughs> Give me a step-by-step <laughs> list of everything I do in what order. Yeah. And then I'll take care of it. And then yeah. you don't need to worry about it anymore. Except for the fact that she's going to be worrying constantly. You're going to put in a red, something red with the whites or all that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're going to be putting her clothes on the wrong temperatures. And you're going to be putting them in with other clothes that they shouldn't be in with. And it's yeah, just going yeah. to make a mess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I I think that 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 the whole issue. The, the, I like this issue of the the, the cards. Sheila and I've mm-hmm. kind of done, done a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, sort of naturally. We sort of, you know, what happened was eventually with time. I I, I didn't like being the list person, um, and like just being told to do things because it's like I have my way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So like I just want to own this. Like, the, like the this will be my thing that I do. Yeah. And then you can just let it get done. And then I will do it the way that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm also kind of a little bit of a person who likes to do things the way that I want to do them. Yeah. And, and instead of, like, for instance, your idea about the um, teaching another person to take over that task yeah. in the accounting department. So what if it was, if it was like, you know, I said to you, I want you to do this accounting, but I want you to do it exactly this specific way, even though there was other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way that I felt it was the, the way that it helped me, you would feel like, well, why do I have to do it your way? Why can't yeah. I just get the job done? Yeah. Right? So yeah. I think I think it's actually very freeing, you know, as the person, and the, the, the spouse in the um, this situation. And the, most of the ones we're talking about guys, right? The guys taking on some of yeah. the mental load, right? And I, I think there's, I've, I know couples where it's the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, absolutely. But, but we're supposed to talk to guys. And, and the main just we're trying to get across here is to help the guys who are still struggling to, see why this is a big, why this would improve things. Yeah. And to me, the thing is, is just that, you know, you're actually, you're more being in charge of the things that you want to be in charge of. So like, instead of doing like, 
like because how, how do you how do you know when something's you've done your 50 percent of a task that you're sharing yeah it's it's really difficult and i find when there's this expectation of each person doing 50 percent yeah it often ends up being each person kind of does 40 percent maybe 30% because they have different interpretations of how much exactly and is they, that And they both 50%. feel like that it's 70%. Yeah, they, they both feel like, <laughs> I've done my share, why hasn't the other person held up their end of the yeah. bargain? And you just end up with this, it's just a miscommunication. Yeah. And that miscommunication is going to breed conflict. But like you were saying, you know, I think when you take ownership of a task, and that is your thing to do your way, yeah, it's freeing. You can also take pride in that. Mm-hmm. It's no longer just a chore, just something that you're doing to appease your spouse. It's something you can take pride in. Mm -hmm. um, one big thing that really opened my eyes to a lot of this stuff was when my wife gave birth to our son. She had a really rough road to recovery ahead of her, and she had to be on bed rest for quite a while, quite a few weeks. And we had a new baby, our first kid, in the house which meant I suddenly had to be taking care of everything. And what that didn't mean is that didn't mean going to Rebecca every five minutes and asking, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? I had to just figure out how to make the house run because it would be unfair of me to expect with childcare, for example, for Rebecca to know the answers to these things that I didn't know. We were both doing it for the first time. If I needed to figure out what to do with the baby, how to keep him happy, well, I needed to figure something out myself or I needed to look things up. I, I needed to look around and figure that out because why would Rebecca know that better than I did? Mm -hmm. So I had to take ownership of that, of the laundry, of the dishes, of cleaning the house, of changing the diapers. I had to take ownership of everything. And that meant also figuring out how can I fit all of this into one day? What's the schedule I need to follow? What's the sequence? What are my patterns? And I developed systems. And when Rebecca finally came off of bed rest, it was actually kind of this role reversal of me sort of explaining to her how things fit, you know, how we could get everything done and how I'd been doing things. And uh, like we were talking about, I, I did have to say, you know, it's, you can try this my way. If you have a better way that you figure out, certainly do that. This is what I've did. This is how I've been seeing success with it. Yeah, and then you sort of transition back. Yeah. The things, as she can take over more things, she takes over more things. And yeah. she might do them the way you did, or she might change them and do them her way. Absolutely. Yeah, and there, there are even some things where we both had to do them at times. You know, it wasn't like one person could take complete ownership. Sometimes I would have to do it. Sometimes Rebecca would have to do it. And we just accepted that we both had different ways of doing those things, and that that was fine because both of our ways were effective. Mm -hmm. I think I think I think it's really neat about that story too. It's just it, it really kind of highlights. I think, I mean, because you and I are different generations, and, mm -hmm. and I think your generation generally has done a better job than my generation with <laughs> staying engaged with kids. Like mm -hmm. so, when you said, um, you know, why would Rebecca know better than me? Because we're both first time parents. It's like that actually hit me. Like yeah. that struck me as odd because my mentality would be, of course you would know she's a woman. Yeah. It's like, but, th but that's <laughs> like, you're right. You were both first time parents. You could figure it out. Like you're, you're, you're not, 
just because she, because Alexander didn't come out of your body doesn't mean you can't yeah. figure out how he works, right? Yeah. But that that's sort of like a lingering kind of mentality I think in my generation we have is that certain things women do, certain things men do, and I think that y- your generation's a bit better at that. And I, I think that one of the things that's really important for guys these days and for guys my age particularly to if they still have kids in the house is to stay engaged with your kids. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of guys, you know, my age and and older kind of saw that the raising of the kids was the woman's job. And the problem is that then the the mothers are connected to the kids and the dads aren't. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the dads don't know that so-and-so burns easily or that so-and-so is, you know, deathly allergic to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously, hopefully that's an extreme case and nobody <laughs> is that detached from their kids and yeah. they don't understand those kind of things. But I think that a lot of women, it would make them feel just a little bit more, you know, safe and cared for and a little bit of the mental load if they just knew that the dads were engaged enough that some of this stuff was important. Like, I mean, I remember when my kids were... Um, were young and, and they weren't practicing piano, for instance. You know, like Sheila just really, I, I was away from the house a lot. And when I came home, I wanted to have fun time with the kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be the cranky parent who makes you practice piano because yeah. the, you're, you're at home all day with them. You make them do that. I want to have fun time with the kids <laughs> when I come home, right? And that's just not fair, yeah. right? Uh, and so, so realizing that staying engaged with your kids and realizing the things are going on in their lives and the things that they need to get accomplished can be a real encouragement to your wife, can be a real um, way of sharing some of the mental load yeah. if you know what's going on with them. Yeah, and I think it also just makes your life as a parent a lot better and easier too if you keep that engagement. Because with me and Rebecca, for example, each one of us has to spend quite a bit of time looking after the baby to give the other person time to work or time to run out of yeah. parents. We split that pretty evenly in one major benefit that I've found from that is we both independently know how to handle all of Alex's different moods. We've both individually developed games that we play with Alex. We have our own special little games that we have to make him laugh or to make him smile or to get him engaged in an activity. We know what to do when he's in a good mood. We know what to do when he's in a bad mood and we might have different strategies. And that's because we've both independently been really engaged with him. Mm-hmm. And that makes my life a lot easier and a lot less stressful and really gives me an opportunity to enjoy spending time with my son when I have these things that are special just between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's really good for kids' development too, having both mm-hmm. parents involved. And Because, you know, like for instance, the way that fathers tend to play with their kids and the way that mothers tend to play with their kids are very different. And there's been good psychological studies to show that, mm-hmm. you know, that is the case and that does help with development in kids. That's a bit of a tangent though. I mean, from the from the mental load point of view, I think the big thing is, is for instance, is the, the classic um, story of, Oh, you you go out for the night with your friends, honey, and I'll take care of I'll babysit the kids. Yeah, and I just can't stand <laughs> that. Right? It's like you, they're your kids. You're not babysitting if they're your children. Yeah. But anyway, but that's a different story. But like I'll babysit the kids while you go out with your friends, and then of course mom comes home and nothing has been done around the house except for a bunch of mess being made, and the kids are wired up and have been eating cocoa puffs. Yeah. And you know like that's that's not that's not what it's about yeah and now here while we're talking about kids i want to bring up another side to this whole mental load thing 
that uh, I know Sheila's talked about, but I also think often does get overlooked in this conversation. And that's about whether it be with kids or whether it be about the household, not only is it typically one spouse and typically the wife who is in charge of these things happening and, you know, who might feel responsible for giving lists of things to do to the husband. Mm -hmm. They also, even when they hand those tasks over, they also tend to feel more acutely responsible for failure in those areas. Mm. And that's big. Even if you take ownership of a task so that you are going to get it done, that you're going to figure out what needs to get done, you're going to figure out how to get it done, you're taking on all that. Often, your wife or your spouse is still going to feel, though, that if you don't get it done when you're supposed to, that's going to reflect poorly on them or that's going to be their responsibility. And this is especially true for women because, you know, like Keith was saying, with some of the older generations, there is sort of this expectation often that certain sectors of life, childcare, housecare, those sorts of things are under the woman's purview. So even if, say, having guests over to your house, yeah. even if you've decided you're going to take care of making sure that the house is presentable for guests, if it's not, that's still going to reflect on the wife, or at least she's certainly well, very likely to perceive it that way. Well, there's actually been studies to show that, that, mm -hmm. you know, if your house is not well kept, people think more poorly of you than if it's well kept. Yeah. That's, you know, but disproportionately the women, people think poor, more poorly of women with a dirty house than they do of men with a dirty yeah. house. And so how much does that's that been shown? suck? Yeah. That even though you could hand off a task, you would still be responsible for the yeah, failure. Yeah. And then we wonder why our wives nag us and they remind us sometimes. And so that's a really important thing when you are sorting out who has what tasks when it comes to mental load mm -hmm. is to have that conversation about not only are these things on my plate and these things on your plate, we are individually responsible for this not getting done or for yeah. this not happening correctly like yeah. the uh, i've taken ownership of when we moved into our new house i wanted to get our back lawn looking good we had this big garden patch to fill in and so i rototilled it and i seeded it and you know we're, we're having the grass seeds starting to come up and it's it's starting to look a lot better now but that lawn needed to be watered pretty regularly to make sure that the grass would come up and so Rebecca would ask me, hey, Connor, is the, have you, did you water the grass today? And there were a few days where I had forgotten to water it more than once. And so she would ask me, she would text me when she's out and say, hey, Connor, did you, water the, did you water the grass? Did you water the grass? And I started just texting back and saying, not on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, got it taken care of. Not on your plate. Yeah, yeah. End of the conversation. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So say like, no, don't worry about this. I'll take care of this. And I, yeah, yeah, that's good. Because I think one of the things that's happening that people are saying is too is that I, a lot of the the comments are in the in the posts are, well, women expect too much. That's the problem, right? You know, if if we just, uh, you know, like, um, it's not that men need to do more. It's that women just want expected too much. Mm -hmm. your, your attitudes are too high. But that's the whole point is of taking ownership of it. You you then you discuss what is a reasonable amount. Yeah. Because maybe there are things that you know we're doing to the nth degree that we can take it down a notch or yeah. two. And 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 that's okay. But you need to have those discussions together. Yeah. You can't just decide. I don't want to do the do this 
So therefore, neither of us are going to do it, and you're yeah. going to feel all the weight of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah. And it's, it's also a place where it's important to really make sure that you're keeping your pride in check. Because often when, sometimes, sometimes your spouse's demands might be unreasonable, but there are going to be other times where if she's telling you that this thing should be done better or should be done differently, sometimes it's not just personal preference. Yeah. Sometimes she is just right. Sometimes something <laughs> isn't getting clean the way that you're doing it. Sometimes the uh, something that you're doing when it comes to taking care of the child is actually more dangerous than is yeah. than is acceptable or responsible. And you really need to put your pride aside and make sure that you're actually listening to what she's saying and taking advice. And this was a struggle I had with a number of things. Uh, earlier on in our relationship, whether it came to her, you know, even just her giving me advice about how to write a paper mm-hmm. for university. I'm like, uh, come on, I'm pretty sure I know how to write a paper for university. Yeah. I've been doing this for a while. But when I finally put my pride aside and said, okay, I can see you really want to show me your way and you've gotten great results in university, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say and I'll put your, I'll put your practices into an effect, even though... I've thought up until now that I can write a perfectly fine paper. Boy, my mark shut up. Mm -hmm. Wow, her way was so much better. Well, there's also probably aspects of your way that you incorporated. You you took the best of both, Oh, absolutely, yeah. So that's kind of the whole point of this taking ownership of things, right? Because, you know, if if you're just doing what your wife says all the time, um, then the list can get longer and longer and longer, right? Yeah. And that's one of the comments the guys were saying that um, he was complaining that there was a, um, guys who can't ever go over and visit him because they're not allowed to socialize until they've got their lists done and the wives make the lists faster than they can get the things on the list ticked <laughs> off. And I'm like, who wants to be in a relationship like that? That, you know, like where your wife is dictating all these things and you can't go play until you've got your things done and <laughs> she can keep adding to it. I mean, that's not the relationship that I want. And I, I, and I know that's not the relationship that, you know, healthy women want for their husbands yeah. either, right? That's and more so, of a mother-son relationship yeah. than anything. Yeah, and, and that's, so that's why this whole issue is important. It's, it's not about just who's doing the housework and are we both doing 50% or, or whatever, that kind of stuff. It's about actually having ownership of the things that are the things that are your responsibility. Yeah. So, like, I'm not Sheila's boss. Sheila's not my boss. Like, I'm the boss of this task. She's the boss of that task. Yeah. And we each have our things that we're in charge of, and we do them, you know, the way we want to do them. And like you said, we're, we're not proud. We're not arrogant. If someone says, hey, you know, have you ever thought about cleaning this that way or putting this away in like this kind of a shelving or something like that you know it's not an insult it's like yeah. oh that's an interesting idea yeah I'll do that no I won't do that you know you can have those kind of discussions mm-hmm. but that's that's why mental load is so important it's like you should just you should just own it and yeah. then it's your thing and then uh, and then you, you own it from the very beginning to the very end and it it just it's it's a way of you being equals and partners in the whole management of the household rather than one person you know, being the boss and the yeah. person being the errand boy or errand girl, as the case may be. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's the best way to have your spouse not nag you is to just be the expert on what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. All right, well, I think that that's pretty much wraps up what we're going to say today. I think um, so. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. I've got a bunch of chores I got to go do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, bye.
And welcome to the Millennial Marriage segment of today's podcast. It's Rebecca and Connor. I'm back. Yes, and we are going to talk about when just making a list really is the answer and how to make it work. Why yeah. it works sometimes and not others. Yeah, so Keith and I have just gone off on this big thing about how this is not the answer. Now let us go immediately back on what we just said and talk about the circumstances in which it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it is It is different. So here's the thing. Con and I, we've been pretty open. This is really the only thing that was ever really a big fight that we've dealt with so far in our yeah. marriage, right? You know, we've been married for five years now. This has been the one thing that for the first three years, we really had to hash out again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And we kept on doing this. Like, just make a list. Just make a list. Just tell me what to do. Just ask me and I'm happy to help. There, Like, you said all those things. Yeah, I, because you would say... I just feel you would get frustrated because you say, I feel guilty asking you to do this thing, but I really need this to get done. And I would say, it's okay. Don't feel guilty. Just ask. You know, yeah. anytime you need anything done, just ask. And as Keith and I discussed, that's not the solution to that problem we were having. Yeah, exactly. Because I still felt like I was nagging even when I was asking with your permission, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously we all understand now making a list is not necessarily the solution. Okay. But we have found that making the list was totally the solution for us, okay? Yes. But we did it in a way where the mental load was also on the list, okay? Yeah. So here's how we did it. A list, like anything else, is a tool. And there are situations in which to use it and situations in which it's not appropriate. What we did is we established a list that we put up on the fridge that didn't necessarily go by person, but it went instead by day. Because the way that we have our work week split up is I work a full day some days. There are some days where Rebecca works a full day. There are days where we split. And then each weekend, one of us takes Saturday off, one of us takes Sunday off. Mm -hmm. And that's completely off. The only thing that I do is breastfeed on those days. Yeah, and sometimes we can get some of the extra tasks that we wanted to work on. Like I did some woodwork shopping. But uh, no daily grind tasks. No daily grind tasks. Yeah. And so we have a list of things that need to get done on each day of the week. And a list of things that need to get done once a month. And so then what happens is whoever is not working that day, whoever is taking care of the baby, is responsible for making sure that those daily items get done while the baby's in a nap or, you know, just setting up the baby in a high chair, getting some dishes done, wiping down the counters. Yeah, those kinds of things. I have, what I did was I actually found someone else's um, chores list online for both daily grind tasks, weekly tasks, monthly tasks, and also yearly and seasonal tasks. Mm -hmm. Printed them all off, stuck them in some of those little plastic like file protectors you put in binders, and then I just um, put magnets on it on the fridge, and now we just use a dry erase marker to mark it off every day, yeah. every week, every month. And it works pretty well. And it's not like we get everything done every single day, but if the dishes don't get done on a Tuesday when I work... That's not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> and it really takes a lot of it out of my head. Because the thing is, now that it's on the fridge, it's not like the assumption is that Connor, like as the man, you don't have to work unless I tell you. Right, right. Right? Because that's the problem with the make a list thing. It's, hey, I don't feel the responsibility to do anything until I'm being hounded. Right? This way, my entire mental load brain is on the fridge. Yeah. You know, and then obviously there's always going to be things that come up, you know, like uh, paying the property taxes. That's one we just had to do for the first time. We bought our first house and, you know, Connor, I just handed him the paperwork and he did it, yep. you know, and things like the lawn care or stuff that I'm doing with, you know, repairing clothes. Like there are obviously things that are going to pop up, but when the majority of what needs to ha get done so that your house is looking 
okay, is at a good level of cleanliness, and you're not going to be so overwhelmed that one month you realize you have, like, a half a year's worth of deep cleaning to do. Um, it just makes it so much easier. And so in our case, making a list really worked, but it wasn't because I was making a list for Connor. Mm -hmm. Even though I made the list on my own, um, that was just kind of my, my job, and that was a one-time thing. Yeah. Because the hard thing, I think, when you're saying make a list all the time is I, it wouldn't work if I had to continuously remind you to check the list on the fridge. Yeah. And we're not perfect at this, by the way. Neither of us are particularly good at homemaking. Um, and so, I, but I say at this point, I think we fail about the same amount of the time. Yeah, which is <laughs> all I was ever hoping to achieve. Exactly. That's all we can ever <laughs> hope for, right? But, but just... I think to draw a little bit of a parallel is imagine, you know, like the, the grocery shopping list. It takes mental effort and time to put together a list of what needs to be purchased uh, to figure out what meals are going to be cooked and to put all that onto a list. Even if your husband is doing the grocery shopping, mm -hmm. if you have to figure out what you're low on, what you have too much of, and you have to put together that whole list, that's a lot of time and effort and it requires you to think about a lot of things. That's very different from if you had uh, a basic list of weekly items that you knew whoever was going grocery shopping you needed to pick up milk you needed to pick up eggs you needed to pick up cheese and you needed to pick up those other items you don't have to write out that list every week you figure that out and then that's just there once a week someone has to grab those things yeah we also do that too yeah. um because pretty much then it's just the extra things yeah it's like we have our set grocery planning thing that we do every single week and then if i decide hey let's make pork chops yeah. Then we add pork chops. Um, and so, yeah, like it, the lists work when it is something that takes away mental load, not simply a way for one person to do the mental load for the other so they can then do the execution. Yeah. You know? And so if you are in a situation like where we were, where no matter what we tried and when we both knew, hey, we're both good people who care about the other person and we want to do this well, but it's just not in our strengths, mm -hmm. you know? If a list works to take your brain outside of your head, then it helps. Yeah. Right? The problem is just when the list is used so the one person gets to turn off their brain and the other person doesn't. Yeah. That's the problem. See, when a list helps both of you to kind of take your brain out of your head and slap it on the kitchen fridge, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that both of us can um, have a very easy way of knowing, okay, I see that the, the laundry was folded on Tuesday. But I see that we put laundry in the dryer, but it isn't marked off as being folded from Friday. So I should probably go check on that. Yeah. I don't have to ask if that happened because it's on the fridge. Yeah. And so that's just how uh, we've done it. That's what seems to be working for us right now. And the really great thing that I've been appreciating is it means that both of us know how to do every single task. Yes. Because I think that's really important. Obviously, you might have some... He's Connor, you're not ever going to mend my sundresses, okay? No. No. Like, that's just something that I can do, right? Yeah. I sew. You don't. Well, you do sew, but I, anyway. I, I used to sew. You used to sew. Anyway, very track of all trades. But the thing is that what's really great is I know that if I have to suddenly um, work on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, for instance... It's not like all the Wednesday chores you're incapable of doing. Yeah. Right? Like we both, we both can have ownership of it because it's just there. Yeah. And I don't need to explain, oh, okay, well, here's what I do on Wednesdays. It's not like if something changes, we then have to kind of figure out how to handle it. It's just, again, outside of my brain and on the fridge. Yeah. And inside my brain. Yes. So we share it now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're just, it's just a far healthier dynamic. And neither one of us needs to feel like we are the manager or that we are the servant. Yeah. You know, it takes out that weird dynamic of one person running to do the other one's bidding 
because that's that that's weird for both partners in the marriage. Yeah, exactly. It's just not it's just not nice when I feel like I'm bossing him around and you feel like you're kind of being treated like a child. A, a, exactly, and that's the way that it would feel sometimes. You know, I'd say just just make me a list of things that you need me to do, but when she would need to explain how to do these things or what steps were involved in them, or she'd always be telling me what chores needed to get done, it would make me feel like a bit of a man child. Yeah. Whereas now that we've we've kind of come to a place where both of us are expected to do everything um when i've also noticed when you kind of take ownership expecting to then for instance i'm just gonna this isn't the specific one you've done but just for instance Mm -hmm. like if you expect to be consistently folding laundry and putting it away like when i show you where my gym clothes go you're gonna remember yeah versus if i'm just telling you as a one-off because you're just doing this to quote-unquote help me out yeah right you might honestly forget which drawer my gym clothes go in whereas if you kind of see my instruction for something as something that's going to help you with something that you're taking ownership of i've noticed that in those tasks um i don't have to explain them more than once anymore whereas i used to have to explain things many times because when you don't take ownership of something your brain doesn't really see it as a high priority item to remember Because I, I'm a very quick learner. I'm very really pi- quick. Very quick to pick up on. Like anytime I uh, would start working a new job, I would learn the ropes of the trade very, very quickly. Even if I didn't have previous experience in it, because I was invested and uh, you know I was taking it seriously, I was owning it. But then with household stuff, Rebecca would have to explain these things to me again and again and again yeah, because like, I wasn't owning them. You have to empty the garbage in the bathroom when you clean the bathroom <laughs> or those kinds of things, which is which is what I think a lot of women get really frustrated by because you see your man as this incredibly competent, um, really quite intelligent, very capable person every single area except for what kind of makes your life easier yeah and that can be really hurtful and so finding that way that it's very clearly on both of your shoulders and both of you are taking ownership because you're both seeing yourself as the person who cleans the bathroom right mm-hmm. it's not like oh my wife cleans the bathroom and sometimes i help out it's no yeah. it's our bathroom we both clean it it just happens to be rebecca 85 percent of the time because yeah. Connor works on Wednesdays, and Wednesdays are when we clean the bathroom. Yeah. Right? So that's that's how it's worked for us. It seems to be working really, really well. Um, I highly suggest uh, finding a chores list online, making it work for you, printing it out, slapping it on the fridge, um, or, or whatever works for your family. Um, but that's the way you make a list work in our opinion. Yeah. Because we tried so many other ways. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a list is a tool, and if you can find some way that works for you, to use it to reduce mental load yes. and to reduce work rather than to create more work for one spouse or the other, then absolutely seize on that opportunity to make your lives more easy, more fulfilling, and more organized. Exactly. And remember, if your wife has to remind you to check the list, you've already failed <laughs> with the whole lessening the mental load thing. Yeah. The list should not need a reminder. And if you need a reminder, set it up on your own phone. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for the Start Your Engines podcast. If this podcast has made you think differently about mental load or made you think, you know, maybe I should read more about this if this is really bothering my wife, I encourage you to check out the post, Let's Go to the Beach. I will put a link to that in the podcast description in the podcast post that goes along with this podcast. It's about what happens when he says, let's go to the beach and she starts panicking and he wonders, 
Why can't my wife just be fun? Why does she always have to make such a big production out of everything? And if that's a dynamic that's been going on in your marriage, I really encourage you to read that post, talk about it with your wife or husband, whoever's listening to this, because that can help you understand each other a lot better and can lead to some really interesting discussions. There is a lot of solutions in this month's post on how to divide up mental load and how to find new ways of talking about this so that you each feel more empowered in the relationship and that you each feel like you have time to yourself, which we all need, and that you each have that mental space so that you can then dedicate more space to your marriage too. Again, this really is the key to the libido and no one's trying to beat up on men here, okay? I hope it hasn't seemed that way, but when we can get this area right and when we can all be engaged and owning stuff in the family because all of us are important, like kids need their dads, wives need their husbands, dads need their kids, we all need everything. And when we can get that stuff right and get really engaged, it's amazing how much that can affect the marriage too. So check out those posts, check out those solutions and think about sharing mental load. And I will be back next month in July. It's going to be our sex questions. You can't ask your pastor month, really fun month on the blog. So tune in there and tune in for the podcast. That'll be pretty awesome too, because 31 Days to Great Sex is relaunching on July 14th. There's going to be a new expanded version of it for sale. It's the most fun research project that you can do with your wife. And yes, there is even a few days where you do talk about mental load and how to divide it up. So that's another solution-based strategy. So check that out. And I hope that all of that helps you with your marriage because that's what I'm all about. Solutions-based ideas so that you can grow your marriage to be intimate and fun as God intended. So take care until next time.